right, so happy Pride, everybody. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. This is the last weekend of Pride. So here we are recording today. This episode is being released on June 30th. The last day of Pride. Oh. Oh, so it was a fun month of Pride, huh? It's been a lot of good good things happening uh, this month. Anything happened this week worth noting that uh, you guys had, had fun? I Interesting story, but I want to hear what, what happened with your week, Tony, Kendall. Um, well, I did read this interesting article where the president of the Philippines um, a couple weeks ago uh, said that he used to be gay, but his... Mm. His wait, wait, he used to be gay. <laughs> yes, because was his it that gay conversion. Thomas used to be straight. Yeah. No, actually, what cured him was, so Prayer. his ex-wife almost cured him. He was a little bit gay after that, but then between his ex-wife, <laughs> she and made his, him gay, and okay. his current partner, he's gay. he's fully cured. And he even quoted, two beautiful wives cured me. I hated handsome men afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> two beautiful wives." Cured wait, me. The, I think the kicker is that. So that's all that, I need. I think the kicker is that ending <laughs> statement. <laughs> I hated handsome men after that. <laughs> so he yeah, has a for, man. He has a fetish for ugly men. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> yeah. He would love me. I would turn him gay again. Then. So that, that's how the president of the Philippines is celebrating pride. Oh, good for him. He turned yeah. straight. He used to be gay. Okay, my theory is he is about to have a scandal come out. So Ew, yes. if pictures well, or something, rumors come out, he'd be like, well, I used to be and gay. And he did immediately. So he basically was in Tokyo giving a you know, speech to the Filipino people. And that's when he mentioned this. And then he immediately, there's some Senator that's kind of anti him and may run against him or something. And so he immediately said, but Oh, this Senator is gay. <laughs> well, I used to be gay until our president was elected. Now Whoa. I'm straight. DJT. Yeah. DJT I am has, too looking ha- at that. Has had uh, quite the month. Uh, he's, the Mushroom always, King. The Mushroom King. The Mushroom. There was an uh, article out recently that uh, a new rape accusation that came out today from the New York Times. Fake news. Fake news. Oh, well, that's what's going to – that's obviously – Of course, he already news. has. He says he's never met her. Never right. met her. Right. Yeah. So that makes 16 women. But his lawyers have paid her off, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm right. waiting for the story to come out where some woman had an abortion because, you know – from him. Oh, like, I'm sure. Yeah, because yeah. then it's like, oh well, but or a kid, I know three like women Arnold that should have. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that uh, she. Well, Chris uh, Pratt just married one of Arnold's kids, and I haven't read yet if it's the maid's wife, the maid's kid, <laughs> the maid's kid. <laughs> <laughs> Although I doubt it. No. No, I think the maid's kid is young, right? No, it's actually Catherine Schwarzenegger, and she's young. She's about 12 or so, I think. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. No, Chris Pratt's very Christian. He is, yeah. He's wearing that on the sleeve, which is good. Good for him. Like, I think that's good. I mean, because he's not like a super, uber conservative. He's a, uh, I think a... So he's not a real Christian. <laughs> an, an advocate. I, mean, I think he, he aligns himself with LGBT causes. And he's not, I mean, you can be Christian and be an ally. So I think, you know, it's good for him to, to, to do all that. No, you can't, which we can actually do a whole episode on because if you're going to be a christian you might as well adhere to the entire bible which is a nasty hateful vengeful dangerous book says so the either, son of a preacher and i am the son of a preacher, son of a man. preacher man yeah so you can't pick and choose so if you hate me because i'm gay that is my problem with a lot of religious people is they pick and choose oh it's all picking and choosing right every exactly. single one hmm Selective, uh, okay, yeah. You can Wait a minute. So, do you find today. yourself less productive that you're unemployed? Because, uh, yes and no. 
Okay, because I, I I was like that. So when I had a job and job stress, I'd be like, I'd get off work and I'd be like, nope, not gonna do it. Can't do anything. Nope. Mm-mm, nope. Ain't getting out of bed. Doing nothing. And now that I'm because I'm like I have to work. I have to work in sixteen hours. I can't do anything. I need to rest up. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm uh, jobless. You can find my resume on let's talk about gay stuff dot com <laughs> we'll and every there. gay bathhouse. Um, that's a difference. I have a job you're applying for. I heard there. our sister podcast okay, needs an intern. Job. Just saying, it's a hand job. I heard they have to kick dinner. <laughs> um, but, but so now I'm things, I don't think now I'm like oh so I can let me sweep and then I sweep and then I get exhausted and I take a four hour nap. <laughs> yeah. And then I get up and I clean out the fridge, but there's nothing in my fridge since I moved in, so that makes it easy. So I'm like, oh, God, I deserve a nap. And I take a nap, and then I get up, and it's 8, so I'm like, oh, might as well go to bed. That's what I am. Like, when I was unemployed, I was like, oh, I can do that tomorrow. I can do that tomorrow. So I never, like, did anything, whereas, like, now that I'm working again, it's like, I got to be on my shit, right? Because it's like, got all this responsibility. It's like, you can't let it go. People I'm taking a month off. That's good. To, like... Regroup. Recalibrate, yeah. regroup. You need I'm it. gonna go to Key West in two weeks, week and a half, two weeks, and then when I come back, Kindle, I'm gonna be Kindle like, on, uh, "All right, I'm, I don't want to be homeless, so I might as well get a job." Because really, that's the only reason why I want money is to not be homeless. Uh, you could make right. something out of a box. You you do have an interior design background, so I think you could make a. a <gasps> oh, box listen to this. Nicely. This is very sad. So I get, I think because I have a Google number, I get. Um, solicitors all day calling me so a, a random houston number and normally they're from louisiana because i have a louisiana number today a random houston number called six times i never answered it on the sixth time i answered and said why do you keep calling me and she said is this kendall satcher my friend lucy who was a former client of mine when i was interior director at her, that i loved recommended you and thought you could <laughs> Uh, help me decorate my home. I got flooded. I need my entire house decorated. <laughs> and I had just answered the phone like, why do you keep calling me? I said, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And I had to backtrack. Um, anyway, I turned her down because I have so many naps to catch you up do, on. Yeah. You know? Like, so, but I recommended her to a good person. Uh, any other announcements though this week? Because I feel like there was a big social media announcement uh, that happened this week. Was there? Someone, what are you saying? Someone joined Twitter. <gasps> oh, I joined Twitter. I have two you followers. You did? Mm-hmm. Now I'm the only one that's not on Twitter. Yeah, yeah but Twitter. I'm about to get off. You are? Why? I have no followers, for one. I just don't understand how it works. You don't get followers automatically. You have to go. I know, but work it's work. Post stuff. It's just work. It's a Maybe lot once work. you get a job, you'll have energy to tweet. Like, I feel like Twitter's oh, not a good work. place for you. It's. Mm-hmm. A, I, I think I, t- I texted you. It's like being no, in the town square. I used to say it was the perfect place for me. Well, now it's like, well, you get a lot of news, but it's like... Now, because of Trump, it's like being in, I feel like the town square, uh, old school, or the like town being, whore. or being in the commons area of a university where you have all these people yelling and protesting and whatnot, like that's what's happening. But no one's listening. They're oh, okay. just protesting on their stoops, yelling at each other, and not paying attention. And I think that's kind of the, that's Twitter to me. Like everyone yells. So catch me when you can find me, because I'm, He's going to deactivate that account. I'm getting tired. Already, your well, two no. followers exhaust you. <laughs> this is a lot. So okay, so let's uh, let's talk about gay stuff, guys. Woo! 
Yeah. Let's talk about uh, gay stuff. I thought we were. Okay. Well, let's talk about the topics. Because this week, um, we're going to talk about uh, a lot. We're talking about the week of July, uh, June 30th to July 6th. So things happened this week. Uh, Frida Kahlo was born. Yes. Uh, we're, so the a League of Their Own came out. And the 4th of July is happening this week. So uh, a lot of big events. So we'll, we'll dive into that. Um, before we dive into that, uh, we will give a word out to our sponsors, and we'd like to thank our sponsor, Economy Works, which is a freelance talent work network that connects professionals with project work. If you're a company that needs help with writing job descriptions, conducting market analysis, managing your social media platforms, Economy Works has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy Works. When we work, the economy works. You can find Economy Works at economyworks.com. All right. Okay. So I, I will. I, I need a caveat, right? Because we always thank our our caterer, um, the intern, right, uh, Spencer, who has done an amazing job of cooking us some pulled pork tonight. And the wine has. I think we could started uh, with the beverages a little earlier than normal because I feel like we're Tuesday. Little, we're a little loose so today. I feel just so, normal. I feel yeah. Great. So I think folks will uh, appreciate sober. that. But uh, here we go. So Kendall, you want to talk about? Well, first of all, I have a question, and perhaps Please? the gay question of our times. Give it to us. What's your favorite Madonna song? <gasps> you should not be pausing. No, well, I was gonna let Tony answer first. You can go. I have a lot of them. Oh, I do too. Okay, good. So, so there's so many. I don't really. Ha- yeah, I don't really have a favorite. No, I mean, come on. You have to Thomas. Have a okay, what's yours? So True Blue was like the first. I remember True like in Blue. the '80s, I heard that. And I was like, oh my god, that was the first song I ever heard of hers. Uh, hung up. I like uh, there was another song on. I'm drawing a blank. It can't be my favorite, but there's another song on that album, Hung Up. Uh, it's the second track after Time Hung Up. No, Hung Up is, has been my favorite, but I le- started listening to that album that Hung Up was on, Think Celebration. It's the second track, amazing. That, that was been my marathon training for a while. Another one is Vogue, obviously a great one. And uh, Burning Up, I love that video. Like it's I so thought it 80s. was Lucky Star. Lucky Star, yes. Mm-hmm. Lucky Star mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which Say I heard that. that they changed to Lucky Scar because she's had so many plastic surgeries. Uh, you made me my Lucky Star. <laughs> Um, you said you like all of the yeah, songs. Yeah, the ones say goodbye. Say oh, say that's goodbye. a good one. Yeah. Okay, so Vogue is my favorite. Is it? Bar none. Second favorite that I also very much love, and we talked about this like last week, and you were like, "Why? What?" Is this used to be my playground? Oh, say I had never even heard that song until last week. Used to be my. Oh, I remember playground. that. I used to watch that on MTV. It's just very. This was the one Sad, the and her the voice sounds really good, yeah. The pages are flipping. But that is the song from A League of Their Own that Madonna starred in. And I remember my aunt took me to that. I would have been nine years old at the time. It was not appropriate probably for a nine-year-old. But she always took me to But my mom was always like, we could watch rated R movies any age. Because she was like, ah, you're going to learn it anyway. Truth. Yeah, well, have you all a, seen A League of Their Own? Kid. Yes. Yeah. That long peep. Oh, you have seen it? Yeah. That long peep with Tom Hanks? Yes. Yeah. Okay, it's one of my favorite movies, period. Yeah. So, it, League of Their Own came out what year? It came out July 1st, 1992. All right, all right. Okay, I was Gina nine Davis. years old. I remember getting milk duds, not because I wanted them, but because someone bought them for me. Can we take a side Do note right quick? Duds? Yes. True Blue came out the same day. They taste like tumors. Yeah. Get out. And they had the yeah, texture of tumors, milk Different duds. Different year, but same yeah. day. Yeah. All right, so A League of Their Own. That's how I knew I was gay. <laughs> True Blue came on. I started dancing. And I was like, okay. So you had milk duds. 
And your pants? Yeah, t- like no, your milk pants? duds. Someone bought milk duds for me. Like this a, is way off topic, but to me, they're like little tumors that you have to eat. Chocolate-covered tumors. They stick like, to your teeth. It was just the texture and all that. It's like no bladder cancer in your mouth. <laughs> um, but anyway, that did not ruin the movie for me. I think you have to wear a ribbon now for that. So, okay, why was it one of my favorite movies? Let's see. First of all, it was That was probably the first time I remember seeing Rosie O'Donnell, I think, was in that yes. movie. Yes. Yeah. I remember her being famous at the time, but I didn't you know mean why. The Queen of and she was. Yeah. Mm. And I feel that was before she was super butch and lesbian. She was no, like, she was super butch playing a baseball player. Well, she movie. was, but I mean, not as butch as she is now. I feel now she's militant. But Well, back then, she was just like a jaunty little tomboy, is yeah. what you're saying? She was like a little league player with a bad wig. <laughs> um, bad wig. Okay, so the movie was about it was a fictionalized version of something that is true, oh, which was. is like in so in 1943 to 1954, there was what was called the All American Girls Professional Baseball League, which was a real thing, because during World War II there were so many people, so many men drafted that that could have played in professional baseball, or that could have been fans. There was like no one else. So these guys that owned baseball teams needed to make money. So they were like, well, why not have a female league? And let's just go about it a completely different way. Like women aren't being drafted and we could really sexualize them and uh, uh, make them kind of like the stars of this new baseball league. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So the, the characters of like, so Gina Davis was in it, Rosie O'Donnell. Yep. Tom Hanks played a, a coach. Um, sexist drunk yet still hot baseball manager in it can we pause there for a bit tom hanks hot i agree he wasn't mm. hooch is that what it was called turner not, hooch. not a curly hair fan the one is with it the turner dog? hooch with the dog yeah. yes where he was trying to wash the dog and oh, his, his little tight tight underwear that's gay history right there that was actually the mark, second stonewall mark that <laughs> i was like when was that episode. so i could yeah <laughs> So he was in that, and first of all, Gina Davis, to me, that was her best role ever. She was good in that movie, because she and her sister, you know, were fighting, and... um, What else was Gina Davis in? She was in a few things back then. Beetlejuice. Was she in... She got... Thelma and Louise. She got an Oscar for... Oh, well, come on. You'd see Thelma and Louise. If she was in Thelma and Louise, that was... Yeah, but Beetlejuice was, like, a personal favorite. I had it taped off the TV, and I loved... You put your videotape in and record... Yes, <laughs> that's, that's and the only I way Tony the... watched TV until he was ten years old. So. Oh, he went to a neighbor's house. Bless it. What's her name? Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder is like the Billie Eilish of who's <laughs> young little. Who is she? Insane. What's the young actress of 2019? The interesting part after researching this is not so much about the movie, which I love, but I can go on and on and on about. Which, first of all, is how. Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna became best friends briefly. I'd say I for about, about 10 years. I can't imagine they were the them same. being very good friends, yeah. Because I feel they're no, both Well, they were. bonded because they both had moms died at a very young age. But I just feel they're both such strong personalities. I can't very, imagine. Very. And Rosie is a little. They, I she's remember a little cray cray. Yeah. It's like very volatile. I remember watching them on Arsenio Hall, like uh, one episode, like the, back in the 90s when they were best friends. And or was it David Letterman? You sure? Uh, no, I remember. Well, maybe they did David, but I remember Arsenio, and they were getting pretty racy and. I think one of them was like, my dad watching. And I'm like, look, my mom's now, apparently my mom's listening to this episode now, uh, or these episodes, hey, mom. which is, uh, 
uh, surprising. Well, their moms weren't listening. Their mom. <laughs> Awkward. Too soon. <laughs> My mom listens. Thank you, mom. Hi, oh, mom. Yolanda. Uh, so, yeah, so they were best friends, and then what happened? Yeah, they were best friends off the show. But Madonna, okay, she's been dragged a lot for her bad acting. <laughs> to me, she was really good in that. All the way May. Mortabetto, I think it was what her name was. You remember her, right? It's been a long time. And she was like the slutty, would sleep with anyone. That's why they called her All the Way May. I thought she was really good, but the chemistry between her and Rosie O'Donnell was good. Like, to me, they were the stars of the show, although Gina Davis was amazing. But if you watch that show, a lot of it is true to fact. I mean, they they fictionalized the characters, but what the movie was based on were these women that were picked. Um, they had a tryout, but they were picked because they were scared the major, major least, the, all the owners of the major league baseball teams uh, were scared that they were going to have to go under and because all these, all the men that would normally play and watch baseball were off at the war. So they had all these women try out and had a league for, it was 1943 to 54. That's a long time. Which to me, it's very interesting if you think about it because it's groundbreaking for women to be in like these athletic, strong, competitive roles. However, they forced them to, they were required to wear makeup. Yeah. They, their uniforms were like short skirts. With yeah. Little short, short satin shorts underneath them. Um, they had curfews. They, each team had a chaperone. The guys had none of that though, right? Major League Baseball players. They had rules, but it wasn't to make them like preserve. Be a for, model. Yeah, yeah, for the it, idolization yeah. of men. Yeah, yeah. they, were they weren't allowed to have short hair. In fact, one of them got kicked out because she got a haircut. Uh, they weren't allowed to drink or smoke in public. Like they were, actresses. and they were required to wear makeup. They had to be sex yeah. single. Yeah, because se- yeah, I feel like, like in male sports, they largely are chosen for their athletic ability. ability. Yeah, yeah, athletic ability. Well, so many of these girls. First of all, they tried up because. They played baseball. These were like baseball-playing girls. In fact, the first female baseball team was in 1866. Oh, wow. So if you're playing baseball in as a woman in the 1940s, you're already like breaking ground to yeah. me. Probably lesbian. We won't go there. Exactly. Right. Thank you. But you might be a little rough around the edges. So the... Baseball league, this Didn't some of them all American the girl baseball team required them to go to charm school every what? week. So they had to go and be learn to have like good hygiene and to be feminine. And they had to learn, they were given makeup kits to always look feminine. They were required to have like a full face of makeup. That um, was not in the movie, was it? Yes, it was in the movie, but it wasn't explicitly. It was shown in the movie. Like in the background. Yeah. I mean, they were always on, but I just feel that was like Hollywood. Like you weren't going to put. Those yeah. That part was true. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they had a full face of makeup because they were given makeup kits, basically. Um, but to me, it's very interesting because they were both groundbreakers and they were having to perpetuate stereotypes. Yeah. And it's that whole kind of balance of two steps forward, one step yeah, kind of. Maybe that's not the best analogy. No, but I do think that's kind of um, we're breaking ground. Why we're also yeah in other to the ways culture at the same time, time. Like women have had to face the same thing. I feel where yeah. it's it's kind of like um, they'll make strides, but it's still uh, I don't know. I feel even with the Me Too movement, like it raised awareness, but I mean, in some places, I don't think it's really changed that much. 
Corporate America. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so many instances of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I agree. I mean, it, um, so a short aside on that, that's not gay related. I just watched the best mini series I've ever watched and will ever watch. What was it? When they see us, I think is what it's called about the central what park. Is that five. About? Okay. It's about the central park five who are wrongly convicted of raping um, a white woman right, in New York in yeah. 1989, these teenagers. And it, it just snowballed. So they were forced to confess, coerced into confessing and went to prison. And then finally in 2002, 13 years later, someone um, admitted to raping these women. Anyway, how did I get to this? I think what the point is, Something's changed and some things have yet to change. Yeah. So here we are in 2019. Women are still objectified just like they were in a league of their own. And women are having to work within the confines. I think Hillary Clinton, for example, and all these women running for president today have to think about what kind of clothes they're putting on and what their makeup says about them far more than yeah. Am I going to wear a black suit or a, a, well, a blue suit? And I remember, um, I can't remember if it was before the 2008 or the 2016 election, but um, when Hillary, you know, she was dubbed as, oh, she's no emotion, you know, she's just kind of a machine, whatever. And then it was right before the New Hampshire, New Hampshire primary. She was having like tea with a bunch of people in the morning before the polls opened or whatever. And somebody was asking her something and she was saying how important the election was to her. And she kind of had it teared up. Yeah. yeah. She teared up and it was like, Oh my God, is she too emotional for this job? Whereas I feel like you were just saying yeah, she, she won had- that made her win New Hampshire. So it is like a balance. They wanted to see her as not a robot, but it's kind of like you can't win or lose, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Whereas I feel men are not held to that. Well, had a, like, mi- had a man teared up though. It would have showed per- like, He's sensitive, not like... No, oh, I think it would have destroyed him. Like, Just like it destroyed Muskie. Muskie was a guy that was running, I think, for vice president in the 70s. You might want a bit of Wikipedia this on your own. America and all our international listeners. Um, but Muskie cried during a, um, an interview, and it just torqued or t- teared up. Cried. Because I feel because, like... Because, but it... No, here's the thing, though, and it goes... It, but she just teared up. He cried, and they said he was a basket case, and he was um, suicidal and all these things, because what? It made him look feminine, which is the weakest possible thing you can be, which is very sad, because, you know, all growing up, I'm 36, and all growing up, even to this day, basically, women are too emotional to be present, is what I, what I hear. Yet women the prisons are filled with emotional men that got into an argument and shot somebody in the head. Yeah. The prisons are filled with emotional men that saw a woman, a woman walking down the street and they couldn't suppress their emotions enough not to rape and murder her. When, you know, the prisons are filled with emotional men that accidentally murdered a gay man because he hit on them. So in essence, women, I know this to be true and I wish the world could see it too that women are the stronger by far, not even close of the two genders. Oh, I agree. I think so. You know, so this whole concept of women are too emotional is no, it's the right balance to me. This is why I think women make better leaders, better managers. 
It's the right I level. I think, too, they're more understanding. They're more balanced emotionally. I would agree. I think so. And we got off this from... We, this started all the way in May. More to be though. Madonna. Madge. Right, though, huh? I mean, they'll leave it their own. It was a good movie, eh? Plus, that I mean, one of the best. All that's like very interesting because I would have just thought, oh, this is just some fictional movie. I would. It really makes me think, in doing the research, especially when you read about stuff like this, it's hard not to see. Man, women have always had to play a different game. But here's the thing: this is a this baseball league is a white woman story because black women were not allowed to even try out. So this is a white woman's league. You know, that goes to that, which that, is a. We're talking about discrimination while not even being allowed to talk about a different discrimination because they weren't even allowed in the game. If that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. But what were you going to say? No, I was going to say that, uh, that, that uh, the fact that they were having to be models and um, baseball players goes to that, with that quote about uh, Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. Like, um, you know, Ginger Rogers did everything Fred Astaire did, but in high heels and backwards. Backwards and high backwards heels. And high heels yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's just like – that was the same thing with these women, right? They not only had to play good baseball, right? Because people wanted to see that, but they also had look to beautiful. look beautiful. Well, yeah. in the movie, they Tom Hanks said, told Gina Davis she needed to give more, and Gina Davis was like the best in the league. So she got out there, and when she had to catch a – she did what she was told. So when she had to catch a home run, oh, yeah. she did a split while she caught it. And people were like freaking out, you know. She did a split in her dress and all that, and so was people it, were, you know, she was sexy while she was doing a man's job, basically. Yeah. So it was a league of their own. Was it, was it an iconic uh, gay movie, or was it the iconic gay movie? Referencing my, our, our our friend Josh, who gave us some feedback about Judy Garland, our last ep- or previous episodes, when he was like, uh, "Wait, Judy here's Gar- my let, thing." Let me let me just finish. Okay. Says Judy Garland. He's like, was not. A gay icon. She, she was, was the, the gay, gay icon. icon. So well, to me, around. yes, he's right about that. <laughs> but here's a broader question I have for you, Mr. Thomas. Is this even a gay topic? So we have a discussion about... Uh-huh. Let's talk about gay We're things. we a staff meeting now. <laughs> um, <laughs> on there. But no, the question really is... Because to me, yes, it is a gay topic because so many gay men love it. But there's the complete absence of homosexuality in it at all. Do you all think this is a gay topic? Well, so to your point, I kind of get I kind of get your question, but then it's also like the Golden Girls didn't really have anything to do with being gay, except Lesbians. for except for, well, but they had so many gay topics. They, they had were a so hand- accepting too. In a time when no one was talking about it. Yeah, but they had a handful. I would say out of seven seasons and however many episodes each season, they covered a lot of stuff. There was like a couple where Blanche's brother was gay. There was one about HIV. Um, Where's the one that was a lesbian? Yeah, the lesbian, yeah. But I would say... No, the the pilot episode. Right, had a gay cook, yeah. Had a gay cook. Yeah. But in general, like when you think of the Golden Girls, the first thing you don't think of is gay. Well, this goes back to what I said, I think, on the last episode is... In the past, you had to take whatever gay scraps you could eat. So if someone gave the clue, like if a Judy Garland gave the clue that, okay, I'm okay with gay people. Keep coming to my concerts, you know? Then we're like, oh, my God, they're amazing. They're an idol to me. And Golden Girls totally, ten times more than Judy Garland ever did, filled that role because they mentioned in several 
ways, even though it was a few times over seven seasons, I think, that they were being um, inclusive of the gays, thinking of the gays. You could totally tell half the writing staff must have been gay. But here's why I don't think it was appealing because of, oh, or at least I personally don't find it appealing because, oh, these handful of episodes talk about gay stuff. I don't know. I just think it's very funny, well-written. And I think I read something once that said the reason this kind of has such a gay following is because, you know, a lot of gays have family issues, like their family doesn't accept them. And so those girls were each other's family, essentially. And so it's kind of like an idealistic, like gays would love that living situation, right? Where you grow old with your like three best friends living together. Cause that's kind of your family. And that was how it was going to be. Like if you're, yeah. you're a gay person in the eighties, that was your outlook. Cause right? I would say like, okay, for a league of their own, it, it doesn't have anything specifically to do with being gay, I guess. But, um, I do feel myself personally, but a lot of gay people really look up to like strong women. And then I also feel like because we face certain struggles, we sympathize with other people that have. And so when you see yeah. a movie like that, like there's just something in you that, um, I don't know. And that's why like, I'm a huge, I love Tina Turner and I think I love her music, but I just, her story of wow, what she had to overcome in life from her growing up and then Ike and everything. I don't know. I just sympathize with her. And so would anything specifically make her a gay icon? No, but I mean, I feel a lot of gays admire her. I completely agree with you. Look, we are three hosts in our 30s, and I think the reason I bring it up is because it's my own internal dialogue of hearing people that are in their early 20s, mid-20s, and younger saying, look, things are different now. Strong women is not gay culture. You know what I mean? Mm. Or um, it's not so hard anymore. What are you talking about? Or even straight people that are saying, what's the big deal? So I think for me, this is a way to verbalize of like, initially when we brought up, should we talk about a league of their own as gay culture? I'm kind of like, okay, how do I make a gay culture spin on that? Yet to me, the entire time, it's completely gay culture. But where are we in 2019? I think actually in the whole grand scheme of things, it's a positive thing that we have to have these discussions because... Things have been so normalized that it's kind of like sometimes you have yeah. to argue for the way you feel. Isn't look, but, I'm not even old, but I'll say older gay man in their late thirties, mid okay, mid thirties. Um, <laughs> disgusting, uh, but and that shows how quickly times have changed in the sense of like, look, when I was a nine year old gay kid watching A League of Their Own in the movie theater, yeah. What movie could I have gone to with my parents and my family? Because I actually with my parents and my aunt and uncle. Uh, what movie could I have gone to that would have been accepted to them that they would have allowed me to go to where gays would have been in the movie at all? Yeah. Period. None. Well, and I, okay, we so would have been. We would have not been to allow. So I was. I looked at them as like, okay, these women um, that aren't generally allowed to do you know or they're not yeah. in the power structure they're not in the decision making body i identify with them because they're finding a way to get into the conversation whether they have to wear a short skirted uniform or not well and one movie that i really um okay so i don't think a lot of gays think of this as like kind of a gay iconic movie but similarly 
like I was a kid when I watched it and I just remember like feeling very passionate about it was nine to five, mm. you know? And like, I feel like, the, yes. um, you know, I just like, even as a little kid watching that movie, I was very impassioned. Like what an asshole that fucking boss is. And they shouldn't have to go through this. Did shit. the sexist boss play the part of the straight bully to you? No. Cause I mean, I was so little, I bet I was like, Kindergarten or something when I watched that movie. I was like really, really young. It and came out in 59. <laughs> it came out in like 79. No, it came out, I think, in 80. Well, whatever. We can but, that for another topic. But um, yeah, but you know, again, I felt like very strongly about that movie and I don't think it was anything, yeah, like specific. It's just my emotion. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so The League of the Rhone was a gay. Gay icon. Yes, like, to me it was. It was it to not. you, Thomas? Well, I mean, I, I the reason I thought it was noteworthy is you had two people that were in um, the, the gay community affiliates with uh, Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell. So I think, and then I think you, anytime and the, there's a lot of strong women, yes, and then yes. you had the aspect of the strong women. So yeah, yes, I, I think for me the conversation is, I want to analyze for myself is even why this is considered to me and to three of us a gay movie because there were not, there was not one gay man in there. No, but I, as I said, I feel like anytime there's strong women, we sympathize with their yes. struggle. And I think that's what we're analyzing, which yeah. I think is a very interesting point. Right. And even make... without thinking and analyzing, like that's my, but emotion. it also shows that we had no gay ro- role models. Yeah. We were no, looking I mean, at strong even women in the eighties. Like the... rock Hudson was, you know, like cl- he personally wanted to be closeted and, but whole, he was never a gay role model. In fact, no, that's what I'm saying. he's shunned upon. Yeah. But yeah. Now now there's an argument. But it was hard for anybody gay to really be out and no, but now you look at the the commentary that's going on, right? So Taylor Swift just dropped a song, right? That's a gay anthem, right? Has all these uh, LGBT uh, community members and allies in in the video. Uh, it, and she's lyrics, gotten flagged for using us. Right. And there are lyrics that are that are are, are uh, ascribed to you know the, the LGBT fight, and you know the article I was reading was written by a gay man saying, "Hey, just stop, right?" Uh, because she it feels what they equated it to like having a Wells Fargo uh, tent at the gay pride parade. It's like thank yes. you, which is uh, why I don't go love, to gay pride mm-hmm. festivals. We love mm-hmm. we love you being gay, but also we love you taking advantage of our low APR. Uh, but anyways, the, the point being, it's just like his point is. Thank you for your anthems, and we appreciate your support. Because, by the way, Taylor and he acknowledges yeah. Taylor Swift was getting beat up for not using her platform to advocate for the LGBT community. Now she is, and she's getting beat up for like, you know, checking yeah. it, using it as a marketing ploy. But the point is, he was making it's like it's 2019. We have a, enough people in the community, LGBT members, that have a voice. So let's let them. Speak but you also need of- allies because you know there are some places where gays don't have a seat at the table, totally and true. that's why you need allies. And so I feel like anybody that advocates for us, we shouldn't be anti them. Yep. Yeah. I think this goes to the whole point of why I was asking why this movie could it be considered gay history is because say if you're 18 and you're having the conversation possibly, and you think you're like a militant gay person, (laughs) educated gay person. And your argument is now Taylor Swift. You're not an ally. Stop being so nice to us. Basically. It's the complete opposite of where we were as the host younger of like desperately seeking anyone that wasn't so repulsed by us and scared that it would ruin their career. So we were looking for little clues 
You know, yeah. we were looking, we would assume that a tough woman who took no bullshit and didn't judge would be our friend that we had to assume to where now the conversation is. And you, you know, you read the articles all over the internet right now is Taylor Swift using the gay community. Maybe, but is that worse than the past when yeah. no one would ever want to even touch, you know, it's a complete yeah. opposite. And it's the whole conversation of you get your gay rights. And I don't think that's her intent is to like, let me see how I can take advantage no, of the gay community. No, I don't think so, community. but yeah. we're, we're reluctant. And I remember about, I think it was about 10 years ago, when Cosmopolitan Magazine did, what's the number one accessory for a girl to have? A gay best friend. Okay. Okay, that's an improvement, yes. Thank you. Much improvement over 1969. Uh but, but still, it's insulting. Because it kind of stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. So can we talk about how far we've come? I mean, we Yes, about, please. I'm sorry. Uh, I went off on a tangent. We, we went on all sorts of tangents. That's good, though. I, we, we, they were, good conversation. They were related Very tangents, good conversation. right? It was not like we went entirely off. But, uh, I mean, in the argument of, like, is this really a gay topic, uh, I want to talk about a topic that has related to all of us, not just the LGBT community, but the broader community. And, again, you could argue as an LGBT hey, person. Hey, Rose. Is this is this for a, hey mom a podcast that says let's talk about gay stuff but assuming <clears throat> let's say uh, so I read these words to you where 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 are they from when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another Declaration of Independence oh look at you queens are so smart that's why you guys are on here because you know stuff right Declaration then why well, don't I have a job. Well, that's because you unemployed. Just kidding. I like nap. Fun employed. Fun employed. Well, employed. if someone would let me nap at work like they do in Europe. No, he's unemployed. Uh, but so that's, yeah, Declaration of Independence. This is the week that the Declaration of Independence was uh, uh, um, agreed upon, I guess, because um, we'll get into a little bit of the, the nuance of July the 4th. Uh, but yes, the Declaration holds the famous words, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable, and unalienable rights, what? that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So what led those rebels to get to this point on July in, in July 1776? So, I mean, this was bold statements by, by again, a group of rebels, the resistance, if you will. Um, you know, back in the day, back in the 1700s, it was people were traditionally ruled by monarchs or emperors. There was a class system pretty much in place, so you were either born into a privileged position yep. or you were working class, right? Uh, and everyone is basically loyal subjects of the of the king, queen, or emperor. Um, so this conflict with uh, you know where we led to declaring independence from Britain, the U.S. being us declaring independence. Started in well, started about 1774. That's when the things started heating up. You had the British Parliament pass a series of laws, collectively known as the Intolerable Acts, which basically, for the colonists here in in, in what is now known as the U.S., they basically closed the Boston Harbor because this was around. Uh, still, they were reaming from the Boston, uh, the Boston rimming. massacre. Rimming, yes. Um, you had elected officials, which I thought was interesting. Elected officials were replaced with appointed ones. So the um, they, the king was done with uh, elections. Uh, elections. He said, "We're gonna we're basically gonna take your elected officials and we're gonna put our own people in there." Um, they convened a congress uh, in June of 1776. 
they brought a committee of five to basically draft what was known, what has become known as the Declaration of Independence. Uh, Jefferson's the one who's drafted it. Uh, John Adams and Ben Franklin's made some changes. Uh, it was presented to the, the Second Continental Congress uh, on July 1st. They debated it for a few days. And then on July, the morning of July, well, on July 2nd, they basically formally agreed to the Declaration of Independence, which I think is a, is a nuanced thing because we all think July 4th is the day, you know, everyone approved it. It was a process. Right. Yeah. They formally agreed to the, the concept of the Declaration of Independence or declaring independence against Britain uh, on July 2nd. They spent a couple of days tweaking the Declaration of Independence. They formally adopted the written document on July 4th. Uh, and it actually wasn't declared to the public until July 8th, and not, it wasn't signed until August the 2nd. And July 4th was uh, right. Was saying what specifically so to... Jul- yeah, so July 4th was basically they agreed to the formal doc. So July to 2nd... To say we are not taking your bullshit anymore. Well, they, they said that on July 2nd. So July 2nd was the actual day. So we all celebrate July 4th. But when but we Ju- celebrate July 4th, it's saying... Well, what we're honoring on July 4th is the day they agreed to the document that we know, the Declaration of Independence. But they had already decided on July the 2nd. They were going to. But it's more than a document. It's like a. That's when the document came out. They were saying. Well, the document didn't actually come out until July the 8th. Right, but I'm saying the whether, no matter what the date is, what was the document saying? I I know what it's saying, but I'm saying it's basically we are. Divorcing ourselves from you, yeah, free yeah. from you. Yeah. You know, well, you're, the you're too much trouble than what you're. Well, giving it was us actually basically. a list of. Gra- I mean, or you're the, abusing it, us, it, and yeah. we'll handle our own it, shit. It was. It was basically a list of grievances against. The, and if you read the full thing, which I, I read today and like in full, like trying to understand the 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 logic behind kind of this movement, and um, yeah, it was it was more so. It was yes, it was Declaration of Independence. I mean, and all that is is this announcement, right? This this group of colonists are going to no longer be affiliated with the the government of of Britain, but or or the Kingdom of Britain. But they they were basically, I mean, there were a number of grievances they had against the king. Some of which related into the the um, the 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 document that I mentioned earlier, the the acts of uh, the intolerable acts um, so they were they were saying hey look not only are we declaring independence but here are the reasons why and so um, I mean you can argue I mean to your point on on the, a league of their own is this LGBT related but we don't get the rights that we have yes today it's totally if we LGBT spend, if we related didn't declare independence back in 1776 and I have hours of commentary to say about this and feel free to interrupt me. I probably need it, but begin. I am no more impressed with the fact that we wrote a document, whether it was July second or fourth, and said we don't like you anymore. Then I am impressed with which I am okay. I give it to them. Yes. However, that's exactly what Rosa Parks did. That's exactly what the Stonewall Queens did. Yeah. That's exactly what many people do. They said, I'm not taking your shit anymore. Yeah. So let's not act like they are these amazing godlike figures on earth. Because that's what we do in this country. As a this is what white people demand. That you have Christianity, which we all have to adhere to in the United States of America. And then second to that, or in conjunction with that, it's our civil religion which is George Washington is Jesus, perhaps, and the 12 apostles are our founding fathers, and the flag is basically the cross, 
and we you cannot speak against any of these white folk. Well, yeah, you I, have to gloss over the fact that they were slaveholders. Let's talk about. Yeah, the, I do feel when they said all men are created equal, they meant all men like themselves. They didn't mean. And they literally said men. And do you think they yeah, meant women in that? No, no, absolutely not. Do you think they meant anything other than white men? No, I think they no. meant people like themselves. You know, like Protestants. Of course. White. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually. Which is uncomfortable exactly why, with the. Which is exactly why we needed the equal, or we would need the Equal Rights Amendment. That's why, like, you know, we have to have like. Not just we. Every person. There's a very. Yeah. Very narrow. Oh, I'm th- not saying we. I'm saying women. That's why women didn't have the oh, right of to course, vote. Black yes. people didn't have the right to vote. Yeah. And that document that we're talking about is so narrow that it doesn't even cover all white people. That document is, that speaks to my father, so I know specifically it's white Anglo from Britain, white Anglo Christian straight man. If I, Period. If, I, if, if, I could. if you don't fall out of any of that, then you're, you're yeah. not included in the, in the yeah. July 4th Which celebrations. Is why, yeah. if, if I could, though, I would say that the Declaration of Independence is less, uh, is actually more inclusive than the Constitution. The original, like the, because the Declaration of Independence, yes, it does say all men are created equal, but it doesn't get to the specific rights. It just says we're entitled to these certain things, uh, or not even entitled, but as people born of God, we are uh, entitled to, uh, you know, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, right? And yes, the word is meant there, but it's not as, like, again, the Declaration of Independence is more grievances, an expression of grievances against the king. The Constitution is what for gets themselves more, gets more restrictive. Yeah, I mean, you, yes, for themselves. For their own, I am a white British subject that has opinions of how I am be, being treated. They felt besmirched and discriminated against as white people by other white people. It was completely selfish. And to be honest, I wouldn't even say, like, I don't know, but I would say they weren't really being discriminated against as much as they weren't making out as financially beneficial as the king. Oh, like, it was about like, money. Yeah, exactly. So I think like... You made a, a book they point because this you know, country is like, all about money? Yeah, I don't think they were being punished in any way. They weren't enslaved. It was like, wait a minute, there's all this opportunity. The king's getting the lion's share of this. Let's cut him off. We're not making. We came here shit. to make money, and yeah. you're preventing us from making as much money as we think we were Yeah, it's make. like all going... Right, no taxation, like... It's all going back to all him. about money. I mean, it wasn't yeah. just arbitrarily they weren't making money. I mean, the king. They would the not come here if they had not had the intention of making money. Well, the pe- the people that fought the revolution aren't. The ones and that's the thing. Th- I mean, they probably came here as. What do you mean? I mean, a lot of those, like George Washington, he wasn't born in the UK. He was born in. Right, I understand. So my point is like. I get it, but what I, you're I feel but like I think his family their was, family came over with the intention of. Being living like a king, certain life, yeah, and, and being it was not realized, and having yeah. a lot more than most people here, not but, as much as but the king. It, it, I mean, I get the money argument, but the king flipped the script. I mean, when you when you say, "Hey, I'll let you elect your officials," and then you say, "Just kidding, I don't like what you guys are doing," so yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. take your offic- elected officials out, and I'm going to appoint my own people. Yeah, uh, British, Look, the the soldiers can come and take yeah. your, you know, your. Here's the thing: I feel space. like it was a step in, it was a step in the right direction, or. Like it was one step closer to where we are today. It wasn't like it wasn't ideal, right? It's I one mean, white power over the other. Yeah, it, but it's more than that. It, it, you're changing the, the, what they're arguing. It is arguing against is 
We had a certain set of rules, agreed upon contract. You changed the script. I understand and- what you're saying. I really do. You make but a again, good point. He's just no, taking- you make a good point. What I'm saying is, and I didn't explain this enough. When we talk about America today, we talk about a freaking melting pot and how this is a country based on freedom for all. No, it is not. Okay. It was based on a bunch of white people that wanted freedom from their other white overlords that are on a different continent. Okay. White, white, white down the line. So if you want to talk about any, um, all American history has to come from the standpoint of it was always since day one about white British Christian folk, period. And every single other person that's ever existed in this country, bar none, has had to fight almost to the, to the death many times just to have the equal rights of those original white British Christian colonists or their kids. This reminds me of... um, Including gay people. There was a Supreme Court decision that was just ruled this week that... um, I don't know what state it's in, but apparently there's a massive cross... State of disarray. Like on a highway or something. It's it's, It's on a government property. And so somebody sued that, you know, this is a cross. It shouldn't be on this public property. And the Supreme Court ruled, no, it's secular because it, it provides some purpose. What is the purpose of it? I don't know. I just World read World about War that. Memorial. Oh, yeah. It's, it's also World War I Memorial. And so, it's, and so RBG, of course, she wrote The Descent, where she's like, you know, this also says it is a World War II or one Memorial or whatever, but um, it also sa- puts the Christian faith above all other faiths. Because, I mean, yeah. And so, like... So all World War One. So we have made progress. But soldiers weren't were Christian. They had to be Christian, or what? Yeah. So I, I do get your point. I get your point. No, well, my, yeah. my point is, you make the, a good point. The, the, well, I mean, I I'm, I don't know if it's a good point or a bad point, but I would I would like to distinguish the the Declaration of Independence from the Constitution, which is what governs us today, in which the Constitution is responsible for all the, However, the discrimination. However, the, the same people that wrote the, con- the Constitution Fair. wrote right, the right, Declaration. Right, 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 right. But if you, if you read the two documents, they are written differently. But I agree. I agree. But documents spirit. aside, I mean, I agree. Like, this country was founded for a certain group of yeah, people. Totally. and Okay, so yeah. the hardcore well, Republicans— Believe me, I'm not arguing with the The white hardcore man, Republicans the uh, look at the Constitution, and they say we have to be strict constructionalist, meaning what did they mean when they wrote this? And if we think—if we agree with the Republicans on that, which I do not, and the liberals say it's a living, breathing document, you have to you know, bring in other people to that. If, you're, if you agree with the Republican conservative premise of— let's think about what they meant when they said it, then the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are one of the same because it's the same people with the no, same no. mentality. But but here's the thing. It's like there are certain things that I think the, the hardcore patriots that say, oh, it's in the Declaration of Independence. But I'm like, that's fine, but it, that's not the Constitution, which is what governs us and what ultimately we have to 
either fight or amend to make sure that we have the yeah. rights that we want. But I, I kind of agree with Kendall. They were written by the same people rel- relatively Again, closely together. I grew up. They were looking out for themselves. I grew up as a guy who was the brown friend, or you're cute for a Hispanic, or you're my great Latin friend. So. I get it. Like in terms yeah, yeah. of like uh, knowing that. Uh, look again. I'm not sticking up for the white man. All I'm saying is, as I was reading this document, I'm like, there's a lot of people, a lot of Trumpers. You did not were, exist. Oh, but in hold their on. Mind. A lot of Trumper, a lot of Trumpers who were like, oh, they they cite the Declaration of Independence, and I'm like, but that's not the governing. That's not the governing mm. document. Yeah. It's the Constitution. So so if I'm gonna. Uh, amend or try to make changes going forward, I need to look at the Constitution, not the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence is what, what started this whole thing, but it's not what well, the, the, decla- the rule of law. So it's not uh, yeah, the difference between the Constitution and Declaration of Independence. It's not the rule of law, right? So um, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's fair to say, hey, Declaration of, uh, of Independence didn't, you know, didn't, doesn't, doesn't cover all of us. Um, but again, I just hold that as a different document than the Constitution, which the Constitution has a lot of uh, areas for improvement. It's imperfect, uh, but I think the Founding Fathers knew that. One of my big passions in life, or frustrations, whatever you want to call it, is the lies we tell ourselves as Americans, specifically white Americans. You go through K through 12, and it's a, you've, you're lied to so much. It's, it's so much bullshit. It's white history. You're not learning American history. You're learning white, sanitized, romanticized history. And it's disgusting. So where is the, the conversation about even Native Americans or the conversation about slavery, the conversations about how we treat any ethnicity in this country is so whitewashed to make us look like the victors and the Christian missionaries that it's not in reality. What? And this is the why there this is why there are so many Republicans is because they're indoctrinated. And I do think it's getting worse and worse because okay, so living in the state of Texas, we have such a massive population and there's really a couple of states that control cuz if Texas says we need the, you know, this eighth grade history book to read like this so many other states that are of low population they just have we'll to say, buy it we'll, because, we'll take yeah. the texas version and so there's really like a handful of states that dictate mm-hmm. all of the textbooks and and so texas like they keep but they're almost all white teachers yes yeah. and so like with the white point of view and so texas like they just keep removing things and you hear about this all the time in the local news where they keep the board of education removes this and that and then Eight other states or 12 other states are buying our textbooks. And so I I agree. I mean, I remember small town Montana growing up like they poised it as America is the greatest country. Like you should be so fortunate to be born in this country. Like, but it was to the point of you were almost afraid to even leave the country. It was almost like, okay, Canada, you're not, you know, like. What you, happens in Canada, Tony? Yeah, it's no, the you can't sit with us mentality. Like, yeah, it's like America it's, is so great. The we're whole up here world and you're is down horrible. There. Yeah. And so I kind of agree. It's like, um, and now, like, that's one reason I love to travel because I'm like, you know, America or the world's pretty great. Like, there's a lot of great places. Well, I have a question to one of our hosts. Thomas, a bunch of. Two white people have been yammering on about this. Like, I want to hear your, your, your press rights. I'm like, no, oh. I want to hear about your honestly. 
your opinion. What, what do you? I mean, what do you want to know? <laughs> I'm very passionate about. If passionate's even the right word, I'm pissed off about how brainwashed most people are in this country about how this is the greatest country and we did everything for the good and you know we were so nice to indians and oops we made a mistake with black people but we were so nice when we made the mistake you know and how, and but how would we even point that we were, or portray we were nice to indians i mean we shoved them on these reservations well because all the stories about the indians wars were where they were savages we you know you know we we use words like savages that was and barbaric and all that yeah, kind of stuff to where here we came from europe to this land and these people starting attacking of it well of course why don't you question that it's their land why why were people attacking you like stop acting like you deserve the entire world which is a different discussion right but thomas (laughs) (laughs) take us to church yes i I, uh i and i i got uh i don't know i mean it's it's uh it's complicated right i mean the United States likes to. I know what, this is what I was going to ask you guys. I mean, I mean, there's a lot. You guys, for being the white privileged males that you are, uh, are are airing a lot of grievances. Why? Well, and here's my thing. I, like, I I don't agree with the system in a lot of ways, but I will say I've benefited from the system. I mean, the thing is, I'm gay, and on a superficial level, to a certain point, I can hide that, like in job interviews and stuff like that. Whereas if I was black or whatever, and I'd say you take the gay thing aside, I am, you know, I was born, you know, pretty poor or whatever. But aside from that, I've had a lot of opportunities that a black person, Hispanic person, a very flamboyant gay person that's like, I'm not going to hide it one bit, you know, um, has afforded. I feel I look the part. I'm just very average white male. You're an engineer. No, you're a queen. Boring. Thank you. Well, as soon as I open my mouth, but before I open my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> no comment on opening my mouth. <laughs> Keep your mouth. Well, actually, it's Pride Weekend. Well, you I benefit from my... I benefit... I benefit... I benefit from my whiteness, and I'm also pissed off about it at the same time. I really am. Because I have so many advantages for being white. In the back of my mind, I'm... Yeah. I'm always thinking, are you going to be okay with me? I'm gay. You know what I mean? Yet I'm a white gay man. Yeah. Okay? So it's 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 not the same. Yeah. And actually, But why should we even have this conversation? It brings me back to... Uh, why does any of it matter at all? Because, let's bring it back to the Constitution, none of this shit ever... Do you think anyone that... Anyone put pen to paper on that Constitution cared about... Anyone other than British, they were all British colonists, colonists, as the alcohol. No, I think it was written for the white males. Of course. Yeah. So the conversations that we have that this country is a melting pot or this country cares so much or we have better values or morals. No, that is bullshit. If anything, we have less. Okay, we have far less than many other countries. 
we have this is a country wait, wait, based wait, 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 wait. upon wait, this is where the 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 conservatives. Wait, you think you have really far mad. less? What? I mean, to say that we have far less than a lot Morals of other countries Come and on. values. Yes, I'm, I'm not going to say we're perfect. I mean, if we talk about nuclear arms, like we're the only ones who've dropped an atomic bomb on someone. Like yeah. that's okay. Legit, so you're right? you're. But I'm agreeing with you to some extent. But I'm like, do you think we're worse than Nigeria, than China, than Russia? Let me ask Venezuela, this. Like, and what? let me ask it in recent terms. Where were our morals? Morals during uh, morals? the Iraq War. Mm. Where, where are they now with the whole, during the Afghanistan war? Where are they now with the whole refugee or immigration? Where thing are our border? morals when people from di- very disadvantaged war-torn countries come over here, breach a wall, which is not here to kill us. They're here to have the same advantages of us. And we say get the fuck out of here. And let's face it, we're, they're here to work Trump's casinos where he Where is the Christianity yeah. in that? Well, where where mm-hmm. are the morals when we as recently as right, the 60s ad- adopting you know, your dad's uh, preacher ask like like I mean it, it's it, it's fair but I like I, at some point it's like yes. No, I I don't think we to Hold us to being perfect, the United States being perfect. No, nope, not perfect. I'm not talking about perfect. I'm saying many, 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 many white people, especially white Republicans, say we are the greatest country on earth. That's really what I'm talking about. Yeah, because I mean, July 4th, honestly, is a celebration of we are the greatest. It's not a celebration of we um, declared independence from Britain. That's not it. That's not what it's been for well over 100 years. It's a declaration of we are the greatest people on earth. And there's something very dangerous about that. Very, very dangerous. That leads into Trumpism. I honestly feel like um, after traveling a lot of places in the world, I do feel like that kind of also has the mindset of we're the greatest and we're entitled. I, I honestly think Americans oh, feel well, entitled. And here's what I'm talking about. Oh, like, damn, yes. Americans, overall, we're a pretty rich country. And I think Americans think, I should be able to down five cheeseburgers and Diet Cokes a day. And if I weigh 400 pounds and have medical problems, then I should be taken care of medically. And it's like, well, most other countries promote, why don't you eat a salad once in a while? Like, I I do feel like in that way... European uh, countries, maybe. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, no, I, but look, I mean, a lot of other countries are healthy. Walk. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like we have this in sense that we're the greatest country, and I, I feel in a way Americans feel entitled. I feel like there we, is no greatest country. No, no, I feel like we've got a lot of good qualities about America. We're yes, able I to, agree. Oh, no, no, I agree. People, we're going to walk around this weekend wearing shirts that say "Let's right. talk about gay stuff." And we, yeah, lots of great, yeah, lots of amazing, great things about our country. Yeah. That's not the discussion. And I the do discussion feel like is we are the greatest bar none, which we've all grown up with. Everyone here in this room, everyone living in this country today has been told and brainwashed that we is this is the greatest country that will ever be on the history of the United States. I, I, I mean in the history of the world. Yeah. No. There are mo- there's great things about I, many I countries. I feel like it it'll be interesting to see what the kids grow like my I have nephews that are three and five, what they, how they grow up thinking about America, because now they're growing up in a time where president Trump is, is, is in charge. Right. Whereas we grew up in the Reagan era and, you know, in Bush. And so it was different, you know, they were aspiring to be something different. It was a look towards the future. And 
you know, by virtue of the MAGA, again, it's going back. I think and there'll so, be more pro-American. No, I, I, no, I, I think it'll be different. I, mean, I think the, it depends the, where you're there's from. There's a lot of animosity against Trump that yeah. I haven't, even though people didn't like Reagan and they didn't like Bush or Senior or Junior, like it wasn't, I mean, they, there were, in my adult recollection, uh, people were hating on W, but Trump, like I heard yeah. today on the radio, it was a desperation. So. That's why I feel like it's bifurcated now. I feel like in certain areas, you're going to continue to think, oh, my God, no, this is, like, getting greater. And places you're, you're like, this is horrible for America. I, I feel it's like the country isn't moving in one direction. So I, I think we've had a lengthy discussion yeah. on Yeah, and on so politics. I would say kind of going back to the Declaration of Independence, which kind of started this um, – Definitely not ideal, and it was for a certain group, but it was one step that moved us to where we are today. And again, we're not— Well, I'll be honest right here right now. I'm pissed about the whole legacy of July 4th, and because we're lying to ourselves. How does one country lie to themselves for hundreds of years? What? Who does July 4th benefit? Who? If you have a vagina, it doesn't. If you are attracted to men, it does not. If you are anyone other than British, I, it does not. I, but I think it was period blah. You know who you know who made that a reality, or anyone who considers themselves liberals. So there have been Hispanic people that fought in riots, been beaten down, gays been beaten down, blacks been beaten down, women who have marched and lied to their many times alcoholic husbands. Uh, and said, please, 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 can I please have just a little bit of the rights you have? A little bit of the rights. And so when we worship, yes, it's great. It's so great that we broke off. I mean, what did Canada do? Canada is still with United Kingdom. Are they so, to an extent, yes, they are. No, we were they granted share, our own They share a passport. But, okay, go ahead. share a passport at all. Well, we're a separate country. They're independent. It's different. Canada's in, it's but what, different so, is what I'm saying. So what are you, where, are you, where are you going with like what? What I'm saying is we like to romanticize the fact that we we fought and we were rebels and we were um, rival rousers and revolutionaries and and what did that get us? What did that get black people? What did that get um, Here, here's the Asian thing. people? Wait, 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 what did wait, that wait. get women? I, okay. I get what you're saying, but you're talking about it from a 2019 view but here's what i would offer right was it perfect in 1776 no was it revolutionary for being in 1776 because how i started the conversation is we were subjects the citizens were subjects of a king or an emperor and that's just what you accepted so to say that you had certain rights as a human being was it was a, a a leap from where traditional thinking was and what the Declaration of Independence provided was a framework so that now we can base our rights and freedoms saying there's a document that says we're entitled to this. Do we – it would be irresponsible to say this is what they thought at the beginning in 1776. And you know they, what? They didn't think that. But now we can, as Hispanic, as gay people, we can rely on that document, that in the Constitution, to say this provides us a framework – to get freedoms that other people, but you know what, Thomas? What we we don't expound upon that. What we do is we say 
we peaked at July 4th, 1776. That is the model that we're all adhering to. These will these were the apostles that we're all trying to be. Well, you know, these were the great people. No. No, absolutely no. Maybe they were the impetus, maybe they were the beginning. But I think some people but they think were not, that, the not end all. all. Yeah, that, I mean, the Trump voters think that. I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah, that yeah. is yeah. what I'm talking AOC about. But you know what? And, the and Trump Bernie voters Sanders, rule this country. AOC and well, Bernie Sanders. The Trump voters yeah. we're um, arguing against the Trump vote. I am right, arguing right, against right. the Trump but voters. It's but, like yeah. But again, because the they have the power. The Declaration of Independence and Constitution provides I mean, I guess as a framework that we can argue and vote against. Well, it, one like, thing that I just thought of too, maybe and this I personally don't think it was ever written for anyone in this room. Period. Right, I agree. Yeah. But so one thing that I thought of too is you know, given that they, you know, rebelled cuz they were like as close to the king as you could get, right? Like they were as far as like they were going to have whether the king was involved or not more than any other American, and they were like, no, we're going to break free. So they kind of set the precedent for I'm not taking your bullshit. And so maybe that was inspiration to like future people like Rosa Parks, Stonewall. Like America has a culture of saying, I'm not going to take this shit. You take it. You take it for what it is, right? If yeah. You take it if you treat it as gospel as the word, then yes. Rosa Parks be, is George Washington. You're be, What's the difference? You're going to be failed in lot. But the reason Rosa Parks has a has a, I'm not saying the only reason, but the reason she feels comfortable is like, look, this has been done before. This con- there are laws that allow me to do this. She had to fight against it. I'm not saying it was easy, but my point is there was a precedent saying if you if you guys really espouse white men that you know everyone's created equal you look at this constitution i think her and the group she was working with say hey look why doesn't that apply to me right but that provide without that declaration of independence in 1776 we're not where we're sitting today i think my arg- i th- understand what you're saying i think your argument is during that time it's admirable for them to do this yeah what i'm saying is the way we worship them in 2019 is if they were godlike, godlike fixtures. But see, that's you know? what I'm saying. Not everybody worships them to that level. But I get it. You worship grew up this country is yeah. required to no. worship them. This is a guy growing yeah. up. This is why we have the, the, the no, things no. that we do. We have Montana. No, Louisiana, I agree. The, right? in, like, culturally... The, well, let me say it as a southern Louisiana man. Right. You are required Oh, to... This is the the greatest country that will ever exist. No, I agree. On Earth, the founding fathers are godlike people. Okay, right. And you but, cannot but then, question. And but that. But is then the, now that you're an adult, you do question, and that's my thing. Like I grew up in the same mentality, but now, um, and so I kind of agree with you. But I feel like saying the entire country's one mindset is not. It, no, I'm not saying the entire country. I'm saying the majority. Oh, the majority. Allah, yeah, yeah. Hello, we have Trump well, as president. And actually, it doesn't have to be the majority. I know. It's not it even has the majority. It's the, the electoral college thank majority. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. All right, so God bless America. Yes. This is a good discussion. How about we go move to our next topic? That was a very interesting discussion. It was yes. a great discussion. But um, in the spirit of talking about foreigners. But I have to say another thing. <laughs> For <laughs> foreigners and build on that wall. Intern, please turn off Kendall's mic so we can talk about something he else. He hates me, Thank but you. that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what to put in. Okay, so let's talk about something very fun, I feel. Um, no, so we're going to talk about Frida. 
Uh, and actually, I'm really excited to talk about this. So Frida I'm, by George Michael? Yeah. Frida, Frida. Frida. Frida Kahlo. So I'm pretty sure most of our listeners know who she is. If not, Google her. I guarantee you've seen her. Um, there was a movie Love about her. her in the early 2000s starring billionaire Selma Hayek. Yeah. She is a billionaire. She married a billionaire. Lucky bitch. So Frida is very complex. I feel we should talk about her multiple times throughout this uh, while we do this podcast. But what I want to focus on today are two things. One, uh, how she became an artist because it's actually pretty interesting. And then I want to kind of talk about she was a very complex individual and kind of how her kind of upbringing in life kind of, I think, molded that. So um, how she became an artist is pretty interesting. I would have just assumed she's a pretty famous artist that she was like, Oh, I always want to be an artist. That's my life goal, blah, blah. Do you know how she became an artist? No clue. No. Okay, so she, you know, she um, was interested in art as a kid, whatever, but um, her dream was to go to medical school, and she was very smart, very ambitious. She was on her way, on track to go to medical school. What year was she born about? She was, so she was born in 07. 1907? 1907. Oh, my God. Okay, so, so she was, yeah. yeah, in Mexico City. To even think of being in medical school, you're like... Yeah, and she was in Mexico City, so she is, and she's super smart, super ambitious. 18 years old, she's in a major bus accident, and the public bus was wooden, got sideswiped, and a handrail or armrest or something went straight through her. Pretty much, she had major medical problems the rest of her life. But Where did it hit? It, went, it actually went all the way through her, and it came on her with JJ. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, no, so it... Pretty much, her, her one friend said after that bus accident, she basically lived to die. I mean, she was in pain and had tons of medical problems her entire life. So, um, but can we, can we go back to you calling it with JJ? Just an aside. So, I took a human sexuality mm -hmm. course in college, and the professor started first day class. She's like, okay, so what do you call this? And she pointed to her eyebrows, and we were all like, eyebrows. She's then pointed to her elbow. What do you call this? Uh, like elbow, then pointed to her knees. What do you call this? Knees. And then she pointed to her breasts. What do you call these? And everyone was like, <gasps> and then she's like, no, no, tell me what you call them. And then you heard all the like the 20 something, you know, responses, 1920 knockers, hooters, hoo-hahs. <gasps> what does that mean? Boobs. <laughs> what does it mean if you don't call it breasts? Finally, someone was like, breasts. She's like, why are we scared to call it? Why it's a medical name? Just breasts. She's like, what do you call this? And she pointed to her vagina. And people were like, <gasps> again, shocked. And so they started. Her potato. All sorts of <laughs> So I, I always think that, like, anytime someone calls it a hoo-ha. Did she give an explanation about why? Funny. No, did she give an explanation about why people give euphemisms? Because we're scared of sexuality. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's, oh that's taboo. I love the word vagina. <laughs> <laughs> but as you were saying, Tony, me, sorry me, for me. that. <laughs> So she was in this major bus accident at 18, and she had to move home. Her parents had to take care of her. She was bedridden. They didn't know if she'd ever walk again. And so she basically just started sketching and painting out of boredom. They got her, like, a special easel because, you know, she was bedridden. And she thought, well, maybe I will be a medical illustrator because I can't go to medical school. So she started sketching, like, her family. She did self-portraits. And she did a lot of self-portraits. And then a couple of years later, she actually married a very established artist. He was about 20 years older than her. But that's kind of how she became an artist. So she, it wasn't like a childhood dream or anything like that. It was just 
she kind of like fell into it, I guess, and then you know had talent, and so I thought that was pretty interesting. Huh. Um, but okay, so I kind of want to talk about you know she was a very complex individual, and I think her background and her upbringing kind of had a lot to do with like how she was um, molded and why she was the way she was. So when I think of Frida, you know she's bisexual. Feminist. Wait, how was it confirmed she was bisexual? Because she had multiple affairs with men and women. And she was open about but it. But how do we know that? Because these people told us. Like yesterday I interviewed them. Just kidding. <laughs> no, for real. My question more so is, there were rumors that she's bisexual? No, actually, so she and her husband were pretty open. Okay. Yeah, and so... Yeah, that's what I'm asking because I'm not even... A, well, Barely, but the uh, thing is, you didn't let me finish, so of course you're... I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> my God. Well, I thought you went on talking about her feet, her little crippled feet. Go ahead. Let's not be mean to her. No, so uh, she was bisexual. She was feminist. She was, uh, she was very political. Enough about me. Go ahead with Frida. Right. Well, you're like her twin, basically. <laughs> Except for my feet. Her Siamese twin that was cut off. Yes. Um... But she, um, you know, she was androgynous, and she, you know, she was very Mexican. I feel like when I think of Frida, ah! she's very, like, <laughs> no, but, like, very, uh, and she was, I'll get to it later, but she was very into her, you know, indigenous Mexican heritage. Like, she, she didn't like the colonial aspect of Mexico. Um, and so I think a lot of it has to do with uh, kind of how she came up. So... When she was a kid, she had polio, and she always felt very isolated. She kind of became introverted because of this. And um, then at 18, she had that bus accident, and it really, like, kind of brought her to a low point. She, again, was felt very isolated. And um, through all of these hard times, she really bonded with her father. She had, like, a contentious relationship with her mother. She was Her mother was very religious, and she didn't agree with that. And so um, – you know, she and her father became very close. And during these dark times, she also, especially when she started doing the art, you know, she basically said, my art is the way I see the world, not the rosy picture that other people see, not the rosy picture they want to see. And so even when she became a famous artist and a lot of times her art wouldn't sell because it's not what people wanted, but she's like, this is how I see the world. And that's, and so I think she was kind of like that in her, um, uh, you know, that's why she was kind of open about all this because, you know, she like in her art, she was like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. And I think she was that way about her personality and her persona, too. It's like I'm bisexual. I have affairs. You know, I'm masculine, like whatever. Just take it or leave. Right. She was very open about all this. And so I think it's very interesting because, you know, in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, I think it's hard for a lot of people to be bisexual, super, you know, she participated in the Mexican revolution, you know, she oh, was wow. very, yeah. And so, and she actually told people that she was born in 1910 because that's when the revolution started because she wanted people to think like my birth was part of the revolution. Huh. You know, it's not just, she was that passionate about it. And so, um, uh, because of these dark times, I feel she was just very open because her, mm -hmm. She had faced death's door, and her whole life was death was around the corner. I mean, she died at 47. She had major medical problems her whole life. And um, her bond with her father, I think I, – I, so I don't know if it was like this is the way she would have been anyway or this influenced her, but 
you know, she was so close to her father. And her father's rehab for getting her not bedridden was become a boxer, get into football. <laughs> and, and, so, and she was also very into her culture. She was very into her indigenous roots. Um, you know, she told people, like, she was born in 1910, so she was part of the revolution. And because of that, you know, she had a very traditional Mexican family, which, you know, is like their culture is very machismo. And so, you know, in this culture, men can have affairs, men can drink heavily, men can womanize, men can be aggressive and have fights. Whereas women, they need to be the homemaker, they can't really be drinking, they can't really be, you know, aggressive, uh, they can't be out having an affair. And so she really exhibited, Frida did, a lot of the masculine characteristics of this culture. You know, she drank a lot of tequila and did drugs, and a lot of it was pain management because she had, you know. But she, growing up, she would wear her dad's suits for family pictures, and she said cross-dressing made her feel powerful. She was a lesbian? No, she was bisexual. So she, she was married. Did she have a girlfriend ever? No, so she was she was married her whole like she got married when she was about twenty and she was married t- till her death and they had an open relationship so he had many affairs she had many affairs and she had affairs with men and women, um, but she she did cross dress on occasion but you know she was often dressed in women's clothes and when she was she was very feminine right she had these bright colored dresses so um, it's just interesting to me that she was um, kind of that open about everything and i think it's because of how she came so was her husband the same way like was he also machismo i mean because she was exhibiting those i don't really know so her husband i didn't really do a lot of research on him but he uh so he was 20 years older than her and she got married nothing's wrong with having that of course not you know Um, but he was an artist and he was an established artist and so they actually traveled the world so he came to the U.S. and had various exhibitions. She had a very successful exhibition in New York. Um, she has a painting in the Louvre. Um, but so they traveled the world. So he, I don't know, but just based on that and the fact that he let his wife have open relationships, well, maybe he wasn't as like maybe he was like uh, he was. He was gay, and so she was. She was his. No, it and... seemed like they were very much just artists. You know, okay. I feel like some artists are just. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so. Um, I don't necessarily think they had anything to hide. I think it was like that's what worked for them. Yeah. And so they were just open. And I, I do think it seems like a little bit of what I read was I think his affairs were with women. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And hers were with men and women. I say that because we, Spencer showed me a, a clip from SNL that aired last year with uh, Emma Stone. And it was talking about a boy who was sensitive and it was a, like they have like a Fisher Price toy. And uh, it was. Uh, a little sensitive boy who liked instead of footballs and tractors, he liked a wishing well. And oh, so he, you. <laughs> he would stare into the wishing well and whatnot, and that's where he reflected and whispered secrets into the wishing well. And so, guess uh, what his name was? And his name was Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I was wondering if he was a sensitive type, light in the loafers, if you will. No, but I don't no, think. So. I think they were just artists, and everything goes, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is fascinating. Oh, she's so fascinating, yeah. And I had no idea that she had faced all of these struggles and, yeah. Her busted legs. What about that busted unibrow? I know. So I, and see, that's the thing. Like she was very androgynous. Ago, she, yep. I think we all know a little bit about Frida's uh, art because five, six years ago, I bought one of her calendars to frame. 
and she had a deer body with a she had <sighs> she was busted. Right. She had antlers. <laughs> we took a break earlier and uh, we provided Kendall some feedback about the yelling in the mic and now it's whisper. Now he's soft talking. <laughs> <laughs> It's like uh, he's doing the uh, what is it a- ASMR? Like, you can say what you feel. Boy, <laughs> is it Kendall? Oh wow! Now he's just talk. He's talking in signs. So yes, but Frida, uh, have you seen the movie? You said no. I have not seen the movie. Yeah, Kendall, you seen the seen Selma? But I would like to. Like, cause I didn't really know anything other than, oh, it's Frida, you know? And I just thought, okay, she's this famous artist. So I would like to know more about her and I would like to know more about her. Like she died for your sins. She did. She's the Jesus. No, I, I, uh, you know, the machismo, the machismo, Gay Mexican Jesus. the machismo like culture, like resonates with me. I mean, just cause I have, tell us more about it. Dad, uncles, like that sort of stuff. Like yep. that's what was, it was just what you, my dad didn't, didn't, he was very loyal to my mother. Uh, but like I had a lot of uncles like that, not a lot, but I had one uncle that I'm thinking of in particular and maybe a few others that, yeah, that's what they did. They worked, they yeah. uh, had a wife and kids, but they also had a side piece on this and it was well known. Like the wife knew it. Yeah. It was just part yep. of like, yeah. this is what happens. Ooh. And see, that's what's interesting. I know we're winding because... down. Go ahead. No. Oh, so like even in, in Frida's marriage, like, um, you know, her husband let her do that. Where that's why I don't think he was very machismo because he let her have these. Where I, I feel most machismo men are like, oh yeah, you're you even look at another fi- or a guy looks at you, I'm gonna beat the shit out of somebody. Her, yeah, usually her. Like, yeah, that, that's how it goes. Like if a guy looks at her, yeah, at the woman, it's the woman's fault. Because yeah, yeah, she was yeah. Looking too pretty. Yeah, like she showed some skin. She was she served him the meal, but she's you know the, you talk about like some troubled people earlier. Yeah. That's why I'm like. You know, we can complain about the Declaration of Independence, but there's certain yeah. cultures where, uh, yeah, they a, a woman in Mexico or Venezuela, they're damned if they do, and they're damned. And if I do they don't. think like she was the type that wouldn't take a lot of shit because she she was rebellious in school and she actually got expelled and stuff like that. So she was definitely not like the typical mold. She exhibited a lot of the masculine. I mean, she was feminine in her own right. Like when she wasn't like a, a lot of her clothing was female and she was in these beautiful bright dresses she was an art teacher you know she was um uh you know fighting for social justice during the revolution stuff like that so she was feminine but a lot of her persona i feel is more masculine so it's just interesting that and i don't know if that was because her dad she was so close to her dad and she really looked up to him or that was just kind of innate in her and that's why she was close to her dad you know it was interesting well, I'm interested in learning more yeah. about her. Like, but I would say, just in closing, uh, one other comment is she actually wasn't as famous in her day as she is now. So Who? Frida. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the conversation, Kendall. So, well, I started drinking, then I saw a dog, and I started painting And it. so, um, like, really where she came into, like, the general public awareness was in the 70s during the feminist movement. And it was kind of like that's when she started gaining traction. Then it was kind of the 90s by the time she was kind of a household name and really like an icon for the Mexican community, the LGBT community, feminism. By that she had been passed. By then she had been passed for how many years? I mean, because she she said, died in like 54. So yeah, so she was. Dead well, y'all were trying years. to take pictures of her in 1960, and she had been dead. Well, that unibrow still existed though, huh? Yes. 
It's right. classic. It's it, timeless. It does not disintegrate. It, it is the queens continue to hit on her poor fashion. But, hey, she was ahead of her time, as you noted. Uh, still remarkable Very in the much, 90s yeah. and today. So, um, again, we'll have to learn Pretty. more about her along the way. So, good discussion, ladies. Uh, we've lost all sorts of <laughs> we went off topic, but uh, and you know what? I'm still pissed about motherfucking America. <laughs> we've lost Kendall's attention. <laughs> and uh, As soon yeah. as we stop talking about hating America, <clears throat> Kendall's I'm ready like, for Audi. <laughs> he really does love America. So uh, so anyone who's My there, interpretation of America, uh, right. get on board, bitch. <laughs> okay. Uh, on that note, we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. Thank you for listening to our podcast and getting to know us a bit more. If you like what you heard, subscribe to hear future episodes. Visit our website, Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff and on Twitter at Talk Gay Stuff. Also, listen to our sister Queen's podcast at Arse Movie Podcast, available now.